Thank you for checking out this episode of Wiregrass Daily News Sports. You can find the podcast over at wiregrassdailynews.com or wherever you get your podcasts. If you're on Apple Podcasts, please follow, rate, and review. Leave a review, and I will read it on a future edition of the show. And if you just leave four stars, you are just a straight-up hater. You can follow me on social media over at pjordansec. You can email me at sportstalkfieldjordan at gmail.com. Welcome to Wiregrass Daily News Sports. This is your daily look at sports in the Wiregrass and the Southeast. Dothan Wolves on 96.9, the legend producer, Philip Jordan, breaks the news, covers the games, and talks to experts in the Wiregrass and Southeast. And now, Philip Jordan. Everybody, welcome in to the Thursday edition of Wiregrass Daily News Sports. I'm your host, Phil Jordan, in studio hosting producer of Wolves Football on 96.9 The Legend. And today we are looking ahead to the Auburn Ole Miss matchup, very intriguing one. And joining me to preview the game is Ole Miss 247 Sports writer, uh, Jared Redding. Uh, Jared, I appreciate you coming on the show. I'm looking forward to our conversation about this yeah. matchup for Saturday night. Absolutely. Thank you for having me, Phil. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Uh, intriguing matchup, uh, as I said, with these two teams. And just let's just lay it out there to two head coaches. Uh, these two teams um, connected because of their coaches now. Uh, of course, Hugh Freeze used to coach at Ole Miss. Look, this is not his first time coaching against Ole Miss. He did it at Liberty. But it feels different now being in an SEC on an SEC team doing so, even though it's going to be at, at Auburn. And, of course, the saga from last year. Uh, a lot of people out there thought Lane Kiffin was going to be the new Auburn head coach. So a lot of layers to this matchup for Saturday night. Yeah, absolutely. And, uh, you know, I think you laid the foundation right there perfectly. And I think if I had to put it in another way, I would kind of say, you know, it's almost in a kind of a negative way. It's almost kind of like blood brothers almost just to connect it, that there is some, some shared commonality in between the two teams, just as far as how they they were kind of connected from last year and maybe some previous years. Obviously they've competed with each other the long time, in the sec West. Um, everyone knows that, you know, Lane Kiffin's one of the, one of the more highly regarded offensive minds of college football, but also behind that's Hugh freeze as well. I mean, he's won everywhere he's been, he's recruited everywhere he's been almost like lane has. Um, though I think the main contrast between the two is honestly just kind of the, uh, you know, it's kind of the brash versus a little bit more of the reserved a little bit, but at the same time, they're known for what they do on the field. Um, so it's going to, it's going to be fun. Everyone knows uh, the saga, everything that went down um, last December. Uh, it was a, it was a headache uh, for everybody involved on both sides of the aisle. Um, obviously uh, with the way things kind of went down at Auburn, uh, it was kind of obvious from the very get go that Hugh freeze was, either number one on their board or Hugh Free or excuse me, Lane Kiffin was number one on their board and Hugh Freeze was either um one B or two. Um so uh it's gonna be an intriguing one. Um let me get these texts out of the way. Sorry. Uh but, but there's a lot more than that too because you know Hugh Freeze brought over Jake Thornton who was almost offensive line coach last year now offensive line coach Auburn Auburn's got Austin Keys who was linebacker at Ole Miss last year and of course Ole Miss has JJ Piggies. Uh they have Ladarius Tennyson last year so there's that too um, but Auburn 
in general for, for Ole Miss the past couple of years, it's kind of been like a boogeyman matchup almost. I mean, Ole Miss snapped a six-game losing streak to them last year. Um, but no matter – it seems like no matter – how difficult it's been for Auburn in a given season. They always play well at home, especially in prime time. And look no further than two years ago, which was, in retrospect, the best win of Brian Harson's brief tenure at Auburn. Mm-hmm. Uh, so it's going to be an intriguing one, definitely. Yeah, thanks for bringing that up for all Auburn people out there. Uh, that Brian Harson name. That's like cussing at an Auburn fan now. Just say, <laughs> just call him a Brian Harson. You know, look, it was last year, and I'm just going to just throw the question out there that we can jump into Ole Miss this year. How close do you think Lane Kiffin was to go in Auburn? I think it was about to happen. I really do. I think that kind of changes depending on who you ask because it depends on which way you look at it. Um, you know, he didn't deny the fact that basically he was in talks with Auburn. He never denied it, and he never denied it then, and I guess still hasn't really denied it now. But he didn't say point blank that he was interested in the Auburn job, but um, you can – connect the dots from where things started to where things going. And you could see um, that the two were interlinked. And so, and I know Hugh Freeze was obviously going to be a choice for Auburn regardless, uh, just because the job that he did at Ole Miss previously and the job that he did at Liberty and turning them into a force to be reckoned with as a non-Power 5 school. Um, So I think he was, I think that was about to happen. Now, granted, you know, some of it could be part of, hey, using it to, you know, help Ole Miss's collective, which it ultimately did because Ole Miss's collective grew five times overnight uh, the way that it did. Um, but you could also see Auburn's situation with Onda Victory and how successful that NIL situation is there, the facilities, that everything at that time at Auburn as a football program, aside from the head coach at the time, was all aligned basically. Mm-hmm. So I think it was about to happen, but things change, obviously. And at the end of the day, Hugh Freeze – uh, old Mrs. Long Lost Son is back in the SEC, <laughs> so it's gonna be fun. Yeah, it's gonna be interesting. But hey, if he had come to Auburn, we wouldn't have this intriguing matchup the way it is now. Uh, with these two, unless I don't know something crazy happened with whoever Ole Miss would got. But uh, this Ole Miss team, five and one, two and one in the SEC. Uh, the one loss to Alabama, that big win against LSU. One of the more fun games to watch. Uh, probably not for a defensive coach, but uh, outside of that, if you were a fan, that was a fun game to watch. But uh, if you could, you know, just define or describe this Ole Miss team at the midway point, how would you define them? Resilient, probably, um, because everyone everyone knows kind of the narrative. If you follow the SEC of how Ole Miss's season went last year, they were often mocked for, you know, how easy of a schedule that they had early on through the first seven weeks, and they just did what they had to do to go seven and zero. And once they had that loss to LSU. Uh, and they beat an A&M team that was probably at its rock bottom point and losing to Alabama and realizing that everything that they had worked for was out of the cards. And ironically, at the same time, the Lane Kiffin to Auburn talk, talks were really heating up. And you can attribute a lot of uh, – you could, you could use that to attribute to maybe that's why they contributed or the, why they lost five of their last six games. You can look at other factors in that too. But um, I lost my train of thought. Repeat the question again, sorry. Uh, no, just, you know, just define, you know. So yeah, yeah, yeah. So resilient, resilient, resiliency, sorry. I do that sometimes. Um, uh, but in, in things just honestly never recovered after that Alabama loss. And with Ole Miss this year, they have trailed in the fourth quarter um, four times this year, and they've won three of those games. 
And with that one loss being Alabama, where Ole Miss probably didn't play its best game, especially offensively, leading the defense out the dry the way they did. But you know, it, they have and they've overcome double-digit deficits in uh, two of those games against Tulane, and, and then uh, a couple weeks ago against LSU in the four, in, in the second half. Um, so I think this team is a little bit more mentally tough. I think you could attribute part of that to the guys that they got in the portal were a lot more mature. They've played college football three or four years and they had that leadership and that it factor about them to when things get tough, you know, just to keep playing the next play and, you know, not sulk and be sorry for yourself. So I think that's kind of helped almost get five and one. Um, honestly, that helped almost beat LSU, which kind of signified that, you know, maybe this almost team is good, you know, especially offensively. Now, defensively, it was poor in that game, but what they did with Arkansas speaks for itself. So I think the key for Ole Miss down the stretch is just to play a complete game. And if they can play a complete game, especially when it matters, uh, you know, I think a New Year's Six is still on the cards. Obviously it's going to be tough when you have Georgia and A&M on the schedule. The Egg Bowl is always an unpredictable game itself, and then obviously the bowl game. So uh, I'm going to admit something. I have – the last two years or year and a half, whatever podcast I've been doing talking about SEC football, when Ole Miss comes up, I've been kind of hard on Jackson Dart. I, I, I'll admit that. Uh, when I saw Spencer Sanders was coming to Ole Miss, I said, okay, Jackson Dart's going to be gone uh, because they've got the quarterback of the future, quarterback of the present. But I'll say this, I have walked that back uh, this year. Uh, the way he has played, especially after the LSU game, he was so clutch. And my thing was sometimes moments seem too big for him. That was kind of like my thought. But he has played really well this year. He seems to have grown as a quarterback. But what what have you seen out of Jackson Dart this season? I think it's just a product of being year two in the system. Uh, you saw almost the exact same scenario when, when uh, Matt Corral was with Lane Kiffin, where mm-hmm. where his first – where Matt Corral's first year with Kiffin, you clearly knew he was talented and that he could just thrive in this offense. But you have to cut down on turnovers. You have to – um, just not force things, you know, let the game come to you a little bit. And I think Dart has basically done that. You know, he's only had, I think, two or three turnovers this entire season so far. Ole Miss has done a good job so far offensively this year taking care of the football. Um, it, now, the main problem for them has been third downs. But with Jackson Dart, I think it's just year two in the system, being more mature, um, just having, you know, experienced guys around him, which honestly helps with that too. And, you know, and I think adding Spencer Sanders, adding Walker Howard was the same thing that, you know, when Jackson Dart came in to compete with Luke Altmyer, it elevated Luke Altmyer's game, and the quarterback battle actually went far with that. But mm-hmm. when Spencer Sanders and Walker Howard arrived, I mean, Jackson Dart just basically just said, hey, you know, this is my job until I lose it. And so he had no intentions of losing it. And so I think that's added to his fieriness of it. He's a lot more of a uh, leader now. Uh, he's matured, been, held his teammates a lot more accountable, and it's so far it's paid dividends on the field. Yeah, you know, and just the way that things are now in college athletics, especially college football, with quarterbacks, with a transfer portal and everything else, there's probably a lot of quarterbacks at other schools that could have seen those two quarterbacks come in, especially Spencer Sanders with a lot of starting experience at Oklahoma State because, oh, wow, they're trying to get rid of me. I'm just going to dip out. I'm just going to go find somewhere else to play. <sighs> But instead, he stays around and he wins the job. He keeps the job. I ain't gonna say he won the job. He kept the job. He outperformed those guys. That's got to say a lot about a player in front of his team. Yeah, absolutely. Um, and I think it, it's kind of like you know when a an NFL team brings in like you know that veteran guy who 
may have to move on from a bad situation elsewhere and all that in Oklahoma, in Oklahoma state, you know, things happened there with um, Spencer Sanders. So he had to move on, but Spencer Sanders arrived at Ole Miss. It's like, yeah, you already knew what he accomplished, but at the same time, you know, he arrived in the spring with a hurt shoulder. Mm-hmm. Um, but you can still kind of see like, okay, when he is healthy, which he had probably as good of a spring game as Jackson Dart did. Um, but when fall came around, I think you look at it and you saw like, why are we even talking about this anymore? I mean, Dart's taken every single first team rep. I don't think, I don't really recall Spencer taking many first team reps, uh, if I'm not mistaken. But um, I think it's just, it's a, it's a credit to him. I and mean, if you talk to Dart about it, you know, he's like, this is kind of the way I've grown up. You know, my parents were both athletes and all that. They were both, they preached extreme, being extremely mentally tough. And when you understand that and you understand, the ways that he addresses certain situations, good or bad, I think it lends itself to the field. Yeah, it, it absolutely has. And just he's played incredible. Now, there's some games that we've seen, you know, that he tries to take the toughness to a different degree. Uh, you know, maybe we should slide some more often, but hey, it, it, that's part of that's part of who he is. Uh, looking at the Auburn game. So obviously uh Auburn has lost three in a row. They were three and oh, uh, but then then they lost three straight SEC games, A&M, Georgia, into LSU this past week. And uh, Auburn's weakness is their offense, just going into this matchup. And you said, you know, you're kind of worried about it because of what Hugh Freeze. It is at home for Auburn at night. They play different at Jordan here versus on the road. What What are your thoughts on this matchup with between these two teams? Yeah, I kind of alluded to it before that obviously every year is different, but it just seems like, you know, any – Every time Ole Miss goes to Auburn, it's almost like a house of horrors almost. They've only won, I think, twice with, since the year 2000. Uh, 2003, I believe, when Eli Manning was there, and 2015 um, when Hugh Freeze is second to last year, um, the year that they went to the Sugar Bowl and was a fourth and 25 away from going to Atlanta. Um, so, and, and a lot of that has to do with Auburn itself, uh, the crowd noise there. Um, this is actually my first time traveling to Auburn for a game. So I've heard that the atmosphere, you know, is absolutely electric, that it tops Alabama, arguably tops LSU, and tops a lot of other stadiums around the country where it's at its capacity in prime time and a meaningful game. And so that has a lot to do with, I think, Ole Miss's struggles at Auburn. Um, and when you have that, you know, the other team has mental, mental errors. You know, they have false starts, you know, offsides penalties, uh, blown coverages and all that. That definitely contributes to that no matter – how skilled of a football team you are and why is a football team you are to be removed of those things. Um, but, <clears throat> but I know, but knowing Hugh Freeze and what he did at Ole Miss, if there's a game that, it, that means a lot to him and it's meaningful, that means a lot to the team that he's coaching, he's going to have those guys ready to play. And whether the talent level is where it's at or not, or whether they're coming off of three straight losses or whatever, they're going to, compete for 60 minutes and, you know, they're going to be a headache to put away. And I think uh, Ole Miss witnessed that firsthand when Liberty gave Ole Miss fits two years ago um, and really had to put – and I know Ole Miss kind of built a big lead in that game, but Liberty was very resilient and nearly came back at one point. Mm-hmm. Um, but it's going to be an intriguing one. I think you look at on paper, I think Ole Miss – you know, I think a lot of people Ole Miss favor Ole Miss by, you know, two touchdowns, some by one score and all that. But, um, you know, I, 
I would not count Auburn out by any stretch. I think Ole Miss has to avoid middle errors. I think they have to do the job and they have to they have to convert third downs offensively and get off the field in third down defensively and do that and you win the line of scrimmage and you just put on more steam in the second half. And I think Ole Miss is good, but this is Hugh Freeze. This is Auburn. Anything can happen. Yeah, and speaking of somebody who has been in that stadium at night, you're in for uh, a treat. Uh, if you're looking at it that way, uh, that place can get loud. Uh, I've always said I think Auburn is a better home uh, experience for their fans versus the Alabama fans because Alabama fans, I think, sometimes, okay, let's, let's get to the blowout so we can get out of here. Uh, the Auburn experience a little bit different. Uh, and Auburn's going to come in there with a two-quarterback two uh, thing there. Hugh Freeze has said it with Peyton Thorne and Robbie Ashford. Uh, of course, you know, Lane Kiffin, those quarterbacks, and he's done two quarterback things in the past in his coaching career. Uh, how do you think he, he does that, how he, you know, goes up against Auburn's two-quarterback system? He was asked specifically about that today and gave a very typical Lane Kiffin answer. Um, you know, it is what it is, you know. It's the times that you often have to prepare for. You have to prepare for the guys on film, and they have film on both of them, whether it be from this year or or last year. So, you know, they have those resources at their disposal. Um, You know, Robbie Ashford's a guy, obviously, that I think that Ole Miss faced a year ago in Oxford. Uh, Actually, was an Ole Miss commit at one point. Um, You know, Ole Miss was very bummed that they let that one get away uh, because he brings such a dynamic skill set to the table. but, you know, in order to be an elite quarterback in this conference, it takes more than being athletic and having a golden arm and having legs. you got to have everything, every tool mm-hmm. at your disposal to win. Um, I think, you know, Auburn has to protect whoever it is because I, I think a big reason why Ole Miss' defense has improved from last year is because of their defensive front. Mm-hmm. Uh, they have a lot more depth out there. You have a lot more fresh bodies. Uh, and I think – you know, Auburn has to stay on schedule, um, avoid, you know, the penalties, obviously, but, but limit the negative plays, whether they go up tempo or whether they have a standard approach to the ball. So um, I think it's kind of, you know, take what's given to you in front of you and go at it. You know, and, and, and for Ole Miss going against the Auburn defense, which has been Auburn's strength is the defense so far. And I just feel like Quinshawn Junkins, when he plays against Alabama, Auburn, there's got to be a chip on his shoulder because he's probably thinking, you know, wasn't really recruited by either one of them. Probably looking at Cadillac, say, I could have been on your team. I could be there with Jarquez Hunter in that backfield. Uh, just the Ole Miss offense going against that Auburn defense. Uh, how do you see that? Yeah, I kind of see it the opposite way, too, with Jarquez Hunter, because two years ago he had his one of his better games against Ole Miss in Auburn. And, you know, him from being from Neshoba, Mississippi, Neshoba mm-hmm. County, Mississippi, Philadelphia, in uh, Philadelphia, that area of um, east central Mississippi. Um, but, yeah, I mean, it, it does kind of seem like that uh, with, with Quinshawn. And Quinshawn has kind of had an up-and-down year a little bit this year mm-hmm. uh, for a variety of reasons. He was banged up for a little bit early on in the year. Uh Credit to him, he played through it. Olvis's offensive line has experienced some struggles a little early. Some of it has to do with uh, kind of putting guys that you recruited at guard in the portal and putting them at tackle and and working with different guys in different areas. Um, so it, it, in some ways, and sometimes it does work depending on how they run their offense, but for the run game, it struggled early on. Um, but – Credit to, credit to the run game because Ulysses Bentley has really been able to step up and kind of be the true yin to Quinshawn Jenkins' yang uh, so far this year because he was hurt almost for 
a large portion of last year, never really got it going, leaving Quinshawn to be the sure enough bell cow. And when you have that guy, all 11 guys on offense are going to circle you and they're going to game plan around you um, defensively. So, um, so I think if you take away the struggles that they had against Arkansas and not get behind the chains early uh, to establish a up-tempo game, and I think when Quinshaw work, Jenkins works best is when they huddle up the line of scrimmage and you have that type of athlete in the backfield, um, it's, a, it's, a, it's a headache of a matchup. It really is. So, but he's proven to be a little bit. He, he's proven to have a more receiving game this year than he had in the past, and I think that's mm-hmm. going to lend itself to and help Ole Miss in that regard. But um, it's just going to be a matter of who wins the line of scrimmage on Saturday. So, and finally, just any, any final thoughts on this matchup with uh, Auburn and Ole Miss Saturday night, Jordan Stadium. Hmm. I got to find a good place to eat locally down there because it's a six o'clock tip. So any, any suggestions? Uh, there's a lot of places, good places. Uh, I'm saying Montgomery. In so in Montgomery, ah, that, that's near and dear to my heart. There's a lot of good places in Montgomery. Uh, now, I heard this looks like Southern Comfort. I've heard they're pretty good. Uh, Baumhauer's is always a good spot. I know uh, I go to a lot of Montgomery Biscuit games. We go about once or twice a year. Uh, me and a group of friends, we usually hit them up. It's a sports bar, uh, really good food. But, yeah, there's a lot of good spots uh, there in Montgomery. Yeah, um, that's what that's what I heard. Because um, I, I looked at the hotels in Auburn, and I was like, you got to be kidding me. A Motel 6 was, I think, $350, $400 a night. And I'm saying two nights. I had to – Go to media SEC basketball media one day, turn back, go back to Oxford a day later, go back to Auburn, same direction and everything, come back and it's gonna be fun. But no, um going back to the first point, and I know I kind of you know lost my train of thought early on. And I think the first question that you asked me, but yeah, it's gonna be it's no coincidence why Ole Miss Auburn was selected for a six o'clock primetime kick, just because of all the sheer storylines that go behind mm-hmm. it for Shared players, the shared coaches, and the shared drama of last year. Um, but you know, I think there's no coincidence why it happened that way, and you know, it's going to be fun. Yeah, absolutely, absolutely, it's going to be a fun game. Looking forward to it. Uh, this has been a fun conversation, Jared. As always, talking all things Ole Miss with you. But if the listeners and viewers want to check out online, where can they find you? Yeah, you can uh, go to InsideTheRebels.com or you can go to 247sports.com slash college slash Ole Miss to check out all of our Ole Miss sports content from football, basketball, baseball, football recruiting, basketball recruiting, even baseball recruiting, lively message board. It's all right there at InsideTheRebels.com. You can also personal follow per, you also follow me personally on Twitter, X. I'd still prefer to call it Twitter and not X. Um, Same. Is at Jared E. Redding. So. You can find all of it there. All right, everybody. Go check them out. And, uh, Jared, I appreciate the time, and I look forward to doing this again sometime down the road. All right. Thank you, Phil. Thank you for checking out this episode of Wiregrass Daily News Sports. You can find the podcast over at wiregrassdailynews.com or wherever you get your podcasts. If you're on Apple Podcasts, please follow, rate, and review. Leave a review, and I will read it on a future edition of the show. And if you just leave four stars, you are just a straight-up hater. You can follow me on social media over at PJordanSEC. You can email me at sportstalkfieldjordan at gmail.com. All right, and once again, thank you to Jared Redding from 247 Sports covering Ole Miss for being on 
today's show. Really intrigued by this Auburn Ole Miss game. And my preview for that game should be up on Last World College Football within a few days or the day of whenever you listen to this or watching this. So that should be up pretty soon. So we get out of here real quickly. Just a couple, actually, basketball items we're going to get to. Uh, SEC tip off. And like I told you yesterday, next week, Blake Lovell will be on the show. We'll dive deep into SEC basketball, Alabama, Auburn, especially. So just a few tidbits here that we're going to get out of here for today. But SEC basketball, we'll be talking about that next week on the show. But uh, Alabama wise, Nate Oates, he basically just made fun of the media for uh, putting them at five, uh, update some injuries and stuff like that. So not really big out of him. Uh, Bruce Pearl talked about the team could be a 10 deep and it hasn't decided on a starting five. He said the bad thing is when the ball gets tossed, our five guys may not be much better than anybody else's five guys. But when I go to the bench, I'm not dropping off. I'm different but I'm not dropping off and talk about the point guard battle between freshman Aiden Holloway and Trey Donaldson's coming back. Trey Donaldson was a 41% free th- three-point shooter last year. And he said both can shoot, become down to playmaking, and also who is the better defender. Uh, Denver Jones will start at shooting guard coming in from FIU, average 20.1 points per game. Of course, Janiah Broom, uh, the star of the team, as well. So we'll see what Auburn's got uh, up their sleeve uh, uh, when they uh, tip things off against Baylor to open up the season. And then some about media day. Uh, that was also this week. Uh, the media picked James Madison to win. James Madison is just coming into the Sun Belt and dominating everything. They had App State at number two, Old Dominion at three, Southern Miss at four. They have Louisiana at five, South Alabama at six. Seven is Marshall, eight is Troy, nine is Arkansas State, 10 is Texas State, 11 is Georgia State, 12 is Coastal, 13 is Georgia Southern, and 14 is Louisiana Monroe. And you know what? That's going to do it. Uh, Well, we have some football games on tonight. Checking this out on Thursday. Uh, We've got Enterprise and Opelika are playing, so I'm going to be paying attention to that game. In the NFL, you have New Orleans and Jacksonville. In New Orleans, Jacksonville has never won there. I think they're like 0-3 all time in New Orleans. Uh, we also some about football as well. Marshall, James Madison's playing. So, got some football to watch on Thursday night. So, here's what's going to be the plan for Friday. Matt Lowe. He'll be on with me. We'll preview all the big games for college football. We're going to throw in the Atlanta Falcons and the big matchup, Tua versus Jalen. Eagles versus Dolphins. We're going to talk about that too as well. But a lot of college football talk. But I will give my thoughts on Enterprise Opelika to open up the Friday show. So get ready for that. And uh, I'll be keeping up what's going on high school football Friday too as well because uh, those are not playing. So I will not be in the studio. So there will be a bunch of different stuff I'll be keeping up with. Uh, remember you can follow me on social media at P. Jordan SEC. The podcast available at ours. Mess this up. Now, about it there, too. You can find a podcast over at wiregrassdailynews.com. From previous podcasts, I used to do this whole thing a whole lot different. You can also check out the show on Apple Podcasts, Spotify, wherever you get your podcasts. If you're on Apple Podcasts, please follow, rate, and review. Leave a review. I will read it on a future edition of the show. And as you've heard on the ad that plays on here, if you leave just four stars, you're just a straight-up hater. You can also email me at sportsoffieldjordan at gmail.com. I will talk to you guys on Friday. Until then, bye-bye.
Thank you for tuning in to today's Wiregrass Daily News Sports. Make sure to tune back in tomorrow for more of the sports you love in the Wiregrass. Check out the podcast at wiregrassdailynews.com or wherever you get your podcasts. Continue the conversation and connect with Philip on social media at PJordanSEC.